Hello, dear podcast listeners. What you're about to listen to is a live recording of our next podcast episode. It was recorded as part of Virtually Expo, the virtual equivalent of UK Games Expo. As all live recordings, it had some technical difficulties. Namely, my microphone wasn't working quite well at the start. But if that isn't quite pleasing to your ears, do not worry. We fix it fairly soon into the episode and it becomes more pleasing to your ears. Finally, there's a visual gag at the start of that episode, and if you would like to watch that visual gag, you can watch the video version of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just type in No Pun Included into YouTube, and you will find it. Hello and welcome to the live No Pun Included podcast. I am Elaine No Pun and this is... Efka Included. It's going to be a little bit different today because normally our podcast lasts about two and a half hours when we, we record it. Which is why we went and acquired a time dilation device, which means that you people watching at home and us here in this studio will experience time differently to the rest of the world. Normally when we record our podcast, it takes about four, seven hours, which is what we will have together talking about games. Meanwhile, in the rest of the world, only an hour will pass by. Elaine, Shall I activate the device? Activate the device. Three, two, one, activate. Something, something, I think something went wrong, Elaine. Maybe. I think something went wrong. Something happened. Let's, uh, let's, let's just, can we, can we, can you fix that? Can you fix that? Oh, okay. no. That didn't The work. time dilation device has gone wrong. Well, okay, this is, it's clearly unexpected. Hooray! We fixed it. Phew! Okay. I, I, I don't think the time dilation device works. No, I think. We went upside down and. What we need to do is, um. Is just talk about free games instead you think? and and not take seven hours. Okay. Okay. All right. Plus plus editing. Plus editing. That's yes. what we're going to do. Of course, for people listening on their podcast devices at home after this has been streamed live, the time dilation device joke might have not run quite as well. But mm. just imagine your world that everything went wrong, and and you'll sort of get yes. there. Yes. Yeah. So, Elaine, what games are we going to be talking about today? We are going to be talking about today uh, Project Elite, mm. uh, Oath, and uh, the lastly, the Puzzle Deduction one and done segment, which is Escape Room in a Box Flashback, which you can see on our shelves behind us. Why don't we start with Project Elite? Why don't we start with... W one thing I want to say is that we will try and keep half an eye on the chat, but we only have <laughs> an hour. Uh, so uh, we'll try and answer some questions mm -hmm. as we go along uh, at the end of each game segment that we talk about. And also because this is a live recording of a podcast and normally these would be done at a convention hall where there is an audience and a live audience to engage us and participate Indeed. with us. We decided that we will anticipate when you would clap and then and, and then we would clap. You would, you and then would hear this. you yeah. should hear the clap. Uh, your microphone is not working or not loud enough apparently apparently okay. all right uh let me try and fix that uh shall i do a little dance or something yeah. while you yeah why don't you do a drum roll i'll do a drum roll okay, okay. all right yeah. there you go how about now is the microphone working better now or not let us know yes 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 do yes. uh we hope that you're all very well um good m afternoon morning afternoon more afternoon Morning if you're in Canada, where it's like five o'clock in the morning. Yes, if you're up in Vancouver and watching this, uh, please do a shout out in chat so that we know that you're a real trooper. <laughs> or if you're in Australia, then it's probably nearly your bedtime. Uh, so hopefully we, our dulcet tones can take you into a soothing night's sleep. How's my microphone? Is it better now? Uh, it seems to be, yes. Okay, good. Uh, All right. Uh, I can hear you. In Texas, it's 7am. Good morning, Texas. Uh, let's talk about, which game should we talk Project about Elite. first? Project Elite, so, which you can see behind us on the top shelf. Or if you're listening at home. You can't see behind you us. You can't see behind us. Imagine it in your mind's eye. Imagine, if you will, a big box full of miniatures mm -hmm. from Simon mm -hmm. Games. Mm -hmm. uh, with lots of alien miniatures, lots of 
cream colored, very unpleasant. Like salmon pink. Yeah, salmon pink, unpleasant, fleshy alien miniatures. And your job is to exterminate. Oh. Okay. okay. Well, uh, well, yeah. Whatever it, you want to do, it's up to you, really. You can paint them if you like. You can play the game if you like. You can. And you can do both if you like. What we did is we just played the game. Yeah, we didn't uh, paint them. And uh, what Project Elite is, this has a complicated history. So yes. it was originally published uh, by Artipia Games. It was a Kickstarter. Uh, it went to Kickstarter, got some money. It was a very troubled production. Uh, I believe Artipia Games yeah. said they'll never do a game with minis after that. Um, yeah. And uh, it was delivered to backers and then was no longer available, available. Right. for sale. Uh, so you couldn't buy it. And then Scuttlebutt started that this <laughs> game is actually pretty good. Uh, and people were like, I really want to buy this game, but I can't because it's not available. So you can buy it secondhand. Uh, and I was sort of mildly getting interested in this game. Mm. And then uh, Simon announced that they acquired the license for it. They were going to make a Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And then Tom Vassell made his number one game of all time. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, all right, I have to play this now. So when we originally played Project Elite, we didn't actually play the Simon version. We played, we borrowed a copy from a, a friend, Frank, uh, who had the original Otipia version. Right. And we had a miserable time with it. Yeah, a little bit. Um, it, but it was missing a piece and we just didn't, we just didn't gel with it at all. No. It just, just felt like work like busy pointless busy work moving things and doing things and why are we doing this yeah let's however let's, let's describe what the game is right yes so, so in project elite uh you have a, a map you have characters that you play right. various heroes there's uh, different maps yeah very sort of uh butch marine type characters well, they're, they're yeah. supposed to be the elites yeah. like like yeah you know they'll they'll deal with the alien they'll deal mess. with the alien if mess. you have an alien right now outside your window this is the people that you would call. Right. Like, um, like Ghostbusters for ghosts, these people for, for aliens. aliens. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't want them there, if you want them there, then these are not the best people to call. No, yeah, because they probably will exterminate not a very them. good company. Anyway, uh, so you play as these people, and for eight rounds throughout the course of the game, eight two-minute timed rounds, mm. you will roll a lot of dice. Mm. And I mean a lot of dice. If any of you ever played a game called Escape from Curse of... Escape Curse. The Temple. The, something Temple. Yeah. You, you know what I mean. Escape from uh, the Curse of the Temple. No, that's not like right, that. is it? Something uh, like that. It's a similar experience. You have dice and you need to roll results to do things. So if you need to move, you need to roll the movement result. If you And there's only one on each side of the dice. So like one side of the dice has move, one side has mm -hmm. attack, one side has search like yeah to find yourself a better weapon if you're right, at the right place right right it's really hard so, actually to roll the right thing so the thing is you can roll the dice as fast as you like and as many times as you like right. you can just keep rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling but there's the trick one of the die faces is the alien move mm. uh, result and uh, sorry yeah. and the map uh, tells you in which directions they may move yeah so anytime you roll an alien's move result you just pick any alien on the map mm. and then move them along the arrows the problem it's is always towards you yeah all those <laughs> arrows are not only always towards you but also towards your base and mm. if any alien doesn't matter which alien and there's loads of them right mm. uh, gets into your base you immediately lose the game and uh, I don't know why you would leave your base and leave the door up on the on the base. Why would not you not clear. just close this? Close the stable door before the horse has got out or before the horse gets in. I don't know. Like, <laughs> why would you just shut the door and then you wouldn't have to worry about it's them not, getting into your base? It's not the kind of horse you want to get led inside, really. Alien horse. Anywho. With 15 legs. One, one of the things that I really like about this mechanism is that moving one alien isn't really a problem right no. there's the map is big there's lots of spaces and there's <laughs> a lot of aliens so yeah. even if you move one right you don't have to keep moving that same alien mm. closer towards you you can move another alien one space mm. and another alien one space and it's sort of you're playing this sort of weird real-time chess <laughs> the thing moving is though aliens when game. when you only have this two minutes and you only have this two minutes to do everything that you want to do, like kill mm. aliens or move or yeah. whatever. And you're rolling an alien movement. You're frantically looking at the board, trying to think, which alien do I move? Which is going to have the least worst <laughs> result yeah. for me? Because it becomes it's problematic very, very quickly. Mm. If an alien ever moves into your figure, you lose one health. Losing right. health, that's really scary. Right. Right, some aliens shoot from a very far away distance. So if you move them close enough to mm. you 
and you move like three of them close enough to you, there's all the potential that it'll kill you. You know. So uh, you made quite an interesting point about there's boss aliens as well as these. Yes. Um, what are they called? Spawn. Spawn aliens. Um, yeah. And you said that the the boss didn't quite feel meaty enough to be no, a boss. No, it didn't. Yeah. Um, and like. It's not like because you think of a boss as the, you know, like in Sonic or Mario, when you have a boss, you yeah. know, it's going to be like the mini game. Right. Right. But whereas in here, it's more just like an elite kind of alien. Uh-huh. Right. Rather than. Well, the thing is, they use, a this, big as, thing on its they own. use this as a time deterrent in the yes. game. So exactly. whenever you, uh, any, any round could spawn a boss. So at the beginning of every round, you'll draw a card. It'll say, all clear. And you're like, right. Or. It'll spawn a boss and you're like, oh, no, mm -hmm. right? But then you realize that the boss isn't actually that scary. Mm. All you need to do is, is make sure that it doesn't stick around for multiple rounds, uh, which means you need to spend time... You just time have to get it out of the way. ...trying to kill things. Right. And killing things, again, you need to roll the right result to activate your weapon, and then you need to roll some dice to see... To, if you, to actually, yeah, yeah, do the weaponing. And and sometimes you'll roll a hit, and you're like, yay, sometimes you won't, which means you and have to... And sometimes you will... Yeah. You, sorry, go on. No, yeah, which means you'll have to activate... Roll, roll a die to activate the weapon again, uh -huh, and, uh -huh. and on and on and on and on. So the tenor of the game is yes. just... A lot of frantic dice. It's rolling. very frantic, and yeah. sometimes what you will do, which is what I was going to say, is roll yeah. your dice mm -hmm. too hard, and it will go over to the other side of the table, and there's no way to distinguish which are your dice and which are their dice. Yeah. Right? So you're picking up someone else's dice. You're like, why do I have six dice now? I should only have four. And they're like, where's my dice gone? And my it, dice. This is and the, the aliens. Like you're trying to get off the aliens, and they're going everywhere because you're chucking them. You know, across the other side of the board, it's, yeah, it's uh, a little bit frantic, a little bit frantic, very frantic, but we had a good time. The last yeah, two so, times we played it, we've had a very good time. So Elaine's finally arrived at the Zinger, which is where... Uh, Shall I do the... Yeah, do the Zinger. There we go. It's the Zinger. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, when we played this the first time, we played the uh, TPA version of the game. And when we played it, like lately, recently, mm. we played the Simon version of the game. And you might ask, well, what's the difference? Is there some sort of like streamlining or, or you know, like... And actually, the answer is, I'm not sure. I feel like largely I've played the same game. Mm. And I had oh, a miserable experience. they can't hear sound effects. That's sad. They can't hear the sound so effects. So the sound effect was... There you go. We fixed it. We fixed it. Why didn't the sound I effects work? Uh, I don't never know. mind. Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. So yeah, the, the first time the first time we played it, we were like, "Why this? Uh, this, this feels tedious. This feels like busy work. This feels yeah. like a lot of frantic dice rolling, and it didn't feel thematic. Might as well be pushing like cubes uh -huh. around, uh -huh. you know? Like this, there was something missing, and." And the second time we played it, we were like, no, this is cool. We're having a lot of fun. And and I think the thing that changed, and you pointed this out, mm -hmm. is probably not something specific in terms of rules or in terms of production, but... I, I said that maybe it's just us. Yeah. Maybe we changed in the last few years between playing it the first time and playing it now. And it was because it's so refreshing to play something where you're not really thinking that you have a small amount of time where you go, okay, what's mm. our plan? But then you go, go, go. You're not, you know, your brain's not wandering off about like, oh, what am I having for tea tonight? Or what's, what am I going to do in five rounds mm. time? Like, how do I build my engine and, you know do that it's just go 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 so well, the, it's quite the thing about real-time games clearing. Yeah, yeah is that a lot of people find them stressful yeah right and i can also sometimes find them stressful and actually one one of my favorite real-time games yeah and this was our game of the year is now boarding yes, which is true. a game by uh tim fowers very small cooperative <laughs> game mm. and one of the reasons i think it's one of the best real-time games is because the real-time round is only like 30 seconds yeah, or something like that. Short, yeah. It's super short. And the reason it's 30 seconds is because you're, you're not really doing much in the time round. You're making most of the planning decisions mm. um, before the time mm, round. Mm. And that's what makes you not feel stressed. Right. The time round just tries to get you to do the thing that you need to do very, oh, very fast. Here. And there are some decisions in, in now boarding during the real time right. moment. Right. But it's mostly just about achieving the thing and getting that slam done. Can we do this 
Yes, we can. The theme is very different. Yeah, the theme is very different. But There's no aliens but hanging on the edge of your plane. Here, I feel like um, Project Elite achieves something very similar. It mm. takes the idea of, okay, so it's two minutes, so you're, you are doing a lot. But everything is sort of almost inconsequential. The decisions never feel impactful. Right. But you're just doing a lot and you're trying to achieve some sort of an arbitrary goal that you set for yourself before the start of the round. Yes. And and whether you achieve that or not, that sets the tone of that time round. Mm. So for me, playing Project Elite felt strangely ter- therapeutic because maybe it's because we're locked in in, in, in a... I don't know if you heard, Elaine, but mm. th- like there's uh, a pandemic. No. Um, well. Yeah, who knew? And... I felt like almost like I'm when I'm cooking, right? Mm. Like I I have I have a set number of tasks. A focus. Yeah, and I, mm. I need to focus, and it is sort of timed because mm-hmm. <laughs> if mm-hmm. you fail, you will burn it, right? Mm. Uh, or eat it raw. Yeah, or eat, eat it raw. raw. Yeah, and and then I don't know I what's worse. Would you rather eat it. a burnt chicken or a raw chicken? Burnt chicken. Definitely yeah. burnt. Because what about burnt toast or raw? T- See, raw toast is just bread, so that's fine. That'd probably be fine. Anyway, should we move on to the next game? Because we <laughs> well, I or do you have a conclusion? I I guess I guess my conclusion is uh, that uh, Project Elite is 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 a strange beast. It's not going to be for mm. everyone, you know. Right, for sure, uh, yeah. But and it's not. There isn't like I don't feel like a great amount of strategy or or thinking that goes into playing Project Elite. But no, there's there's I a guess. sort of moment of. Almost frantic serenity, if that makes sense. There's planning. Yeah. And then there's frantic serenity. That's mm. a nice way to put it. Mm. All right. Let's yeah. move on to the next game. Let's move right. on to the escape room game that we played. So normally on a podcast, we have an escape room segment. And mm-hmm. decide, we decided that for this it's long not recording... That. It's called Puzzle Deduction One and Done Segment. Okay, the Puzzle Deduction <laughs> One and Done Segment. Uh, Elaine, would you give yourself a round of applause? We, we don't have the sound effects for you. Thank you. Um... So we decided to honor that and still talk about an escape room game. Yeah. And Elaine, is today's escape room game great? It's not. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> is it? Is it? And I, this is going to be a pointed question. Yeah. Is it the worst escape room game that you've played so far? I don't know. I don't know. It, it might be. It might be up there. It was. It was just a bit disappointing. So. Um, it's called Flashback, and it's Escape, Escape Room in, in a, a Box. box. Yeah. Uh, and this seems to be the second one, because it referred to the first one, but mm-hmm. not not like in a way that you can't play this, yeah. otherwise it just referred to it. Oh, I just wanted to know, uh, yeah. our copy of Project Elite was sent to us as a review copy yes. from Asthma the UK, yes, this and true. this was sent to us as a review copy from Mattel. Yes. Um, yeah... The the cover, like so we we've, we've had this for a little while, mm. and I was excited to play this because the cover makes it look like it's going to be neon noir, neon noir, yeah, right, right. yeah, um, and it's not at all. It and is one of the biggest tonal messes I have seen. There's in any game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's werewolves in it, which is not a spoiler because it says that on the back of the box. Yeah. Uh, it's to do with a, a werewolf, and but there's there's like this weird kind of language used in it where they try and be cool uh, in in part of it. Yeah. And it's like that bit with Steve Buscemi where he's <laughs> like, hello, fellow teenagers or whatever. It's, yeah. it, and, you know, it says like totes. Music band. Whatever. The, oh, the shirt, right, yeah, just, yeah. It, no, the shirt just says music, music band. band. Right. I love uh, that. Name. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, it was just very strange. And it didn't, so there are different parts to this game and mm. none of them for me really gelled together properly um and it does say that you can play the parts individually but overall you have to play all of them yeah so there's to, three, to complete three, the, the game three puzzle arcs right and the way the game presents itself is saying there's three games inside mm. of this and mm. you can play like one or you can play another one and what it actually is is just the same puzzle in three parts mm. and one of the things so when when you when we opened the box and again this is not a spoiler we're gonna try and uh, keep this brief and sort of spoiler free you know but there's in, essentially free lock puzzles you know you need to find combinations mm. and resolving puzzles you find combinations and un- unlock the actual physical lock right 
So the first... I mean, that's a normal escape room. Yeah, that's like, a normal escape a room thing. So the first thing that we encountered was just the component problem of, yes. of the locks being... Really Really bad. bad <laughs> where you can, by, just by turning the locks, feel that, oh, I unlocked it. And it does say specifically in the brief, yeah. uh, if you accidentally unlock a unlock a lock or, or complete a puzzle without meaning to, yeah. uh, you must go back and do it again. It doesn't count. Uh, the magic hasn't worked. Yeah, like, like you must it, show your homework. Like, that was, I thought, oh, that's a strange rule. And then as we were playing the game, yeah. I was like, oh, that's why they have that. Because I only solved puzzles without solving puzzles, I think, like four times throughout yeah. the course of the game. And partly because the components are quite poor and it's immediately obvious that, yeah. oh, this is a puzzle that's hiding something. And sometimes because the puzzles are just a bit rubbish, if I'm honest. Um, so the the box says it's for age 13 plus. Um, I made the point that I think a 10-year-old would quite happily be able to solve the majority of these puzzles. And I made a point that an 8-year-old could solve a majority yeah, of these puzzles. Yeah, a smart 8-year-old. Yeah, a smart... All, all, and this is, I think, basically why we ended up covering. Because whilst we really didn't enjoy them, mm. I think we were not the target audience. So first of all, what's really weird yeah. is that the box, uh, the artwork themes itself as like neo-noir. The theme itself is about werewolves, which doesn't gel with the artwork at all, no. right? Uh, <laughs> and the language that is used is very much for kids, right? Well, it's, is it though? It's just, well, it's it's not family it's unfriendly. Not cool. Well, then, no, that's true. Yeah, right. That's but true. I think it's it, like the, so. Don't get me wrong. The writing is poor, but that's fine. In escape room games, generally, there's sort of like um, thematic dissonance that happens. It's almost a feature of escape room. It's games a vehicle to give you the puzzles rather yeah. than yeah a feature. You're yeah, right. uh, and then what I thought. Okay, so. So, you know, the writing doesn't quite gel, but maybe this is fine for kids, you mm -hmm. know, because because a lot of the puzzles are quite childlike. A lot of the components uh, have this, you know, once again, uh, neon pastel color, which is quite bright and mm -hmm. quite warm. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of like uh, the artistic direction on the puzzles themselves mm. is quite family friendly, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm, again, trying to be vague to avoid yeah, spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, you know... And you thought as well, this this might be a fine puzzle if you have kids who've never played an escape room yeah. game uh, and you want to solve it together with them and feel like they're arriving somewhere, they're learning their first escape room. Yeah, you only really need to know your alphabet, how to count very basically, Basic yeah. uh, and your colours, yeah. and you'll be shapes, fine. Some shapes, some shapes. Yeah. yeah, some shapes. Yeah, and basically, that's... if your if your kid meets these 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 criteria, yeah, they would probably be fine trying to solve that puzzle. And even if they're younger than eight, with some assistance from you, maybe you know. There was never a point where, like, part of the fun of escape room yeah. games is when you get stuck, mm. and then you work together, or one of you like goes right. I'm going to focus on this puzzle, and just puts their head down and you solve it and you're like yes i've done it like we've we've mm. unlocked the lock or we've done the thing that we needed to do and none of it felt like that but maybe it's just because we're super smart efka maybe it is because well okay so uh, by the virtue of having an escape room game section yes. on a podcast means we play a lot of escape rooms yeah. And I guess we, we're somewhat used to them and the puzzles feel, felt very easy for us. But there's also been some exit uh, the game yes. uh, escape rooms that were of easier difficulty. And I feel like those would be fine for kids as well and maybe slightly but more engrossing But they didn't feel puzzles. like this. Yeah they, yeah, they felt a lot meatier than than this did. Mm. And and I think that was why we were so disappointed by it, that that it presents itself as you know, 13 plus, which mm. sounds like the puzzles are going to be harder, but, or, or that you need to have done, um, escape rooms before, or yeah. if this is your first one, this is, might be a challenge. Mm. And it just didn't kind of feel like that. Um, and I think that's why we were a little disappointed. Yeah, a little disappointed. Well, one of the things is, uh, escape rooms are very experiential and therefore yes. you want to make sure that people have a good time. I remember on the not last UK Games Expo, but the UK Games Expo before that, when Isaac Childress was visiting the design of Gloomhaven, um, he said to us... Name drop. Uh, 
I, uh-huh. I've never played one of these escape room <laughs> yes. board games, right? Yeah. I said, Isaac, you must play. So we went to the Cosmos stand and picked up an escape, uh, an exit puzzle, right? Yeah. And we just happened to have, they, they had released a couple of, like a beginner one that year. Yeah. And I thought, well, okay, it'll be slightly easier, but it'll still be easy. But it was way too easy. And Isaac's brain, I don't know if you played Gloomhaven, right? But <laughs> Isaac's brain travels, it has a time dilation device inside Within of it, it already. It does. Right? I yeah. made a callback. You did. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And yeah, he's just super smart and, and is clearly in tune with, yeah. you know, thinking outside the, I don't want to say outside the box, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On a different plane of existence, uh-huh. like, and I think, like, for us, th- sorry, did you? Yeah, no, I just wanted to say it's so much about setting the experience right, right, right? setting exactly. the tone right, and setting the yeah. expectations right. So, yeah. I think, I think what I wanted to say was that when you choose an escape room game, mm. you need to like figure out is this going to be the right game for the right group for the right people for the yeah, for right sure. time. And right? I think, yeah, all I was going to say was that mm. I think we wouldn't necessarily say this would be a good game even if it's your first escape room game because you still if you're an adult particularly you still have done probably if you're going to do an escape room game like Mm. logic puzzles or you know it's like if if it's the first time you're ever presented with the the two doors puzzle where you know he always tells the truth and he always lies how Mm. do you know which door to go like you 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 just know the answer for that because Mm. you're you've had experience of life right yeah. you've you've come across that in your life and so quite a lot of um the puzzles in this you will already know how to solve because mm. of experiences in your life right mm. <laughs> you know how to do them and so i think yeah for kids that maybe don't have that life experience it yeah. would be better yeah there we go well that's a positive note i like yeah. that we took a thing we didn't like it but we found I mean, Someone that's what that we would do, be good right? for, right? That's what we that's do. That's what we do. Yeah. Saying that, if you're watching this and you're like, who are these two people talking? Why are they here? Why are they in my living room? And what do they want from me? You we- can turn us off if you don't like us being in your living no, room. Don't, no, don't, no, no, don't. Instead no, of turning don't. us off, right? Uh, if you've never heard of us, <laughs> uh, we, we have an award-nominated that's podcast. True. Nominated and runner-up for the Golden Geek, uh, Board Games Golden Geek <laughs> yeah. Award for Best Podcast. Who knows why, really? Uh, but we are not known for podcasts. We are known for uh, reviews on YouTube. And uh, if you want to find our reviews, all you need to do is type in No Pun Included into your browser. Yeah. And it'll just take you to our YouTube to, channel. Yeah. 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 YouTube, it'll cool. show you a video that, that YouTube will think is the right one for you. And if it's not relevant to you, then maybe you can reconsider your life choices. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> With with that wonderful message and that yeah. wonderful segment. We get different adverts on YouTube, which it just kind yeah. of blew my mind. I know. It's like, here's a man-style advert. Yeah, Elaine does not... Um, if, so, <laughs> so I, as I'm not... I, I get this product advertised to yeah. me uh, about male grooming that I despise so much because the adverts are so awful. Yeah. And I just realized the other day that Elaine's never seen no. it. Because she doesn't get that advert. No. Because YouTube doesn't think she needs grooming. We <laughs> not not there, yeah. like not on mm. my chest. Mm. Um, that's what it's advertising. Mm. We both get ones for um, grammar correction and yeah. things, though. Yeah. I who knows why that is? Who knows why? Uh, Shall we move we on should. to our feature discussion uh, today, which is a game called Oath. Uh, yes. So before we continue, I'd like to mention that uh, unlike normally, so we recently changed the format of a podcast where we always have one review. It's a feature review, which is an actual review. We normally used to do first impressions. Mm-hmm. We moved to reviewing one game and yeah. doing a, you know a considered impression of that game. Uh, this is not going to be that. This is going to be very much a first impression mm. of Oath because Oath is not a game that has been published yet. However, it is a game from uh, leader games who are known for mm-hmm. having done mm-hmm. uh, Root, yeah. uh, Vast, uh-huh. and um, Fort, which yes. we recently, recently reviewed uh, on the channel. Oath is... A new game that's coming out from them. It has been on Kickstarter already. I don't know if you can late pledge. I haven't looked up this information. Maybe you can if you're interested in this. But I've been interested in Oath for a long time. And because 
Okay, so I'm going to do a, a long-winded explanation okay. of why, right? Okay, I'll, I'll strap myself in. Uh, so I'll have some tea. Leader Games has positioned themselves as a company uh, that does asymmetric experiences. Very wild, very out there asymmetric experiences. And that seems to be their shtick, right? And also titles with four letters in, in their name. Oh, um, I never thought of that. But... I think that more and more uh, leader games are moving from, oh, well, this is a really kooky asymmetric game, to um, how do we experiment with the experience of playing a board game? Mm -hmm. uh, because Fort mm -hmm. was very much... Uh, Root is definitely in that vein. Yes. And Fort is definitely in that vein. And Oath is an experiment unlike anything I've seen. So mm. this is from the designer of Root as well, Carl right. Worley. Who, and art by Carl Ferrin. And well. art by Carl Ferrin, who graciously taught and demoed this oh, yeah. game to us on Tabletop Simulator. So we haven't got a physical copy. We just played it on Tabletop Simulator because I wanted, I wanted to find out. <laughs> I just had to find out what this thing was. Uh, to describe Oath is nearly impossible. And I think that's one of the problems. And that's why I really wanted to talk about it because... Theoretically, I would say if you pressed me against the wall uh -huh. and said, what genre uh -huh. is this board game? I would have to say 4X. Which I, is, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, which is a disservice to the game, right? <laughs> I made a joke that it was 4X and then and we were like, oh, wait, maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, because... Uh, the forex genre has been done right. not only to death, right. but pe people try to extrapolate that genre into something for I don't know how many attempts now, and it never works. Yeah. It's, you you have your titans in that genre, like you know Twilight Imperium mm -hmm. or Eclipse, mm -hmm. right? And they just sort of stay. And the other reason is because the theme is actually quite unpleasant because it, it frequently deals with coloniz colonization. colonization. Uh -huh. And exploitation and, well, you know... One of the X's. Yeah, that's one of the X's, right? <laughs> Exploit, exterminate, right? Uh -huh. so expand. Uh -huh. if, well, expand, yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's all part of it, right? So, Wait, I mean, that, that says it's mean. Yeah, Th yeah. Th Those four words, exploit, expand, exterminate, the other one that I've immediately yeah. forgotten. But it always evokes this sort of sense of history where there is a... Uh, I don't know, something bad happening yeah. in history. And frequently, the ones that succeed seem to be the ones that move away from historical settings and go into realms of fantasy mm. or sci-fi. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's a good reason for that, uh, thematically. Oath is not that. I, no. I mean, it is that, because it is talking about conquest and rulership, but it is trying to frame the, the whole perspective from a very different angle. And uh, I'm going to go really highfalutin okay. here. And go literary and evoke uh, an author I don't like very much, but I suspect that it has been the genesis of all of this, which is Isaac Asimov. So if you're not familiar, most people who are into sci-fi will be familiar with The Foundation, which is a series of books uh, that try to tell, at least in sci-fi, I think it was revolutionary in terms of how it told a story, rather than having a protagonist and like, you go and do the thing. Uh, you know, the, the hero's journey, etc. You yeah, know, yeah, they, yeah. they go and conquer. The story instead is generational. So mm -hmm. uh, instead of looking at a perspective of like this person achieves something, it's more like this is the history of uh, of almost this universe. Yeah. And, you know, let's see how the events of uh, one person and what they do affect the events of the next generation and then the next generation and then the next generation. And other books have been based on that kind of theme mm. like cloud atlas and yes stuff exactly that, that deal with generational issues and and this game does that yeah strangely uh so first of all uh oath is um not a legacy game but a campaign it kind of, it, yeah, sort kind of, of sort of a campaign game because things that you do in one game will affect the the subsequent games but i, I know that you don't have to play with the same game group no so yeah. you you could play you, you can even play solo i think and then mm -hmm bring in other people and it won't matter yeah uh, i don't see why that wouldn't work actually yeah mm. that's a good point mm. um it would so the game is as any kickstarter game lately you can have a solo uh right. play you can have two players i think you want to play this with at least three and maybe we played three with or four. four yeah we played with four yeah. that that oh, felt like a really good one person spot. has yeah. to be kind of uh, have better knowledge of the game at least mm. uh, because they're playing there, there has to be one person playing quite a harder faction to play yeah so let's talk about these factions mm. right uh so there is 
there is a faction. So the, the, the dichotomy of oath is that some of you, uh, one of you will be like the ruler of this kingdom, yeah. right? I forgot what the actual game term right, is. Right, me too. And and the others will be exiles. So mm. you're like politicians that have been, <laughs> yeah. you know, cast out, removed from power, and you're no longer in charge, right? Uh, and so when you start the game, it's sort of asymmetrical because one person is something and the other three people are another thing. Yeah. But that, those three people are not in a team and no one's in a team. It's just one person is playing a completely different role and has slightly different abilities, right? Yes. And theoretically is more powerful. But the problem is, is that uh, the victory conditions in this game change and shift all of the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, imagine, imagine like... Twilight Imperium, right? Right. Uh, I'm I'd, imagining. Uh, or imagine any game with a map where you go and conquer territories mm -hmm. and whatever. Mm -hmm. It is sort of similar in that regard, where you have locations, uh, and those locations are card and cards, and all those cards have different abilities. What you you're can... kind of drafting cards, also. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those locations are different cards and different abilities that they give you if you rule those locations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as as the Oathkeeper or something like that, like the, sure. the main person, right? Sure. Your goal is to just control the most of these by the end of the game, um, and the end of the game will come at a certain point. It's undetermined. <laughs> There's a roll of a die. If 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 you achieve that, great, hooray, you won, right? And you're very good at taking control of these locations because you have more resources than mm -hmm. everyone else. Mm -hmm. You have more soldiers, so you can keep keep them in check, right? So that's fine. Uh, the problem is that the other players can acquire different winning conditions. Yes. Right? Yeah. And suddenly, they're they very quickly become more efficient at fulfilling those different conditions. Which, uh, what I liked about that was that yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily get revealed at the end. It gets revealed at a time of their choosing mm -hmm. when they think, well, maybe I can still, I can pull this off. Yeah. But then everyone is like, as soon as they reveal that, everyone else is like, right, we have to stop them doing this because then they will win the game. And when we played, so I, I was in exile and I had one of these conditions with, it, it, it was to do with uh, coins, which uh -huh, is a currency, uh -huh. have more than anyone else. Uh -huh. And uh, no, I no, there was like a secret that I had to no, there was a which darkest secret. Coins. Yeah, which cost coins. Yeah. yeah. So it was tied to the resources of the game. You and have it got this more card. and more expensive for for someone else. So you can steal things from from people. Yeah. And uh, but the longer I'm you just leave, realizing the more expensive. That it sounds more and more as a it's, mishmash. It's just, right? It really is, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's how your brain feels in this game a little bit. It's a mishmash of ideas. But yeah, there's there's the darkest secret, <laughs> which costs coins, which you have to keep paying at the start of every round, and someone can come and steal it, and someone can come and steal your other things. It's a vast playscape of ideas, yeah. right? But somehow they all congeal. So in the example of our game, one of the coolest things that happened was, so Cole was playing the person yes. that, that was the main person, right? And we, The we, ruler. Yeah, you were an exile, I was an exile, and our friend uh, Paul was also yes. an exile. And I, I, I got one of these secret victory conditions. I had a sense that Paul had one of these uh -huh. secret victory conditions, and I think you did. Like, you have, know if someone has taken yeah. a victory condition. You just know what not, it is. You just don't know yeah. what it is. Uh, and you had one as well, no. right? Did you not? No, I didn't. Oh, all right, so that's I what didn't. happened. Uh, so the cool thing that happened was that basically Cole, as, as the man in charge of this kingdom, had the right to invite one of the exiles and mm. say, you know what? If we win, we win together, but you have to go join Team Cole, right? Mm. Be, be part of the establishment, Yes. Don't, you know, cavort with these rebels, yes. right? And uh, the chat says it's the Chancellor. It's the Chancellor. Yes. There we go. Thank you very much. So I, the, when I realized how momentous a decision that was, yeah. that's when I think I fell in love with that game. Because Cole, as the Chancellor, he's very powerful, right? And he has this right to invite someone in, yeah. right? But as soon as you issue that or invitation... bribe someone in. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If they refuse, yeah. right, that's it. You've stuffed yourself. Because whoever mm. you invite next, they're going to be like, no, <laughs> you didn't choose me first, right? Well, I don't know, because I, I I, don't think I was the first to be chosen, was I? Yeah, you were. I was. Okay. You were. And I immediately went, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm going to join yeah. whatever side I think is going to win. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think I can pull this off on my own. No, so unlike, unlike games like Root, where... 
so much of it is, I mean, it's a lot of it is to do with player psychology and, and anal analyzing, you know, how a person plays a game. But this was so much more evident and so much more experiential where like, um, so another great example of, of, of this was, um, we can, so, so I realized at one point in the game that me and, so it's when you join Team yeah, Paul, right. me and Paul had each a, like one of these visions, which are the secret objectives, yeah. right? And I realized that we were gunning for uh, a different one, yeah. right? Um, and because this game is a campaign game, unlike unlike other games so what we could agree for example is that even though only one of us wins next game when mm. we play the game together we play it as like part of the same kingdom right yeah. so whoever wins is still the chancellor but like i'll be in the kingdom so i realized that because we were gunning for two different objectives uh one of us had a fair potential potential of winning because yeah. whilst you two try to stop one <laughs> yes the other one sneaks away well, right we were we both kind of had a, a mark right that we yeah. was trying to stop so you yeah. were my mark and paul was cole's uh, mark so my my suggestion to paul was like listen paul uh, <laughs> why don't we like team up and only one of us wins i don't care which one right but At we don't want them to we we, we don't want them to win because then we'll like next game we'll be part of the team and paul very smartly looked at me and said no, no because mm -hmm. because paul realized that he, i mean i'm still going to be doing my thing i'm still still going to be distracting elaine and cole mm. from their objective whilst he's still doing his objective so I think what I really like about <laughs> these strategic 4X games is that they move away from, um, uh, like, there's a lot of mechanisms and a lot of interlocking th things that sure. happen, a lot of strategy. But sometimes you can just play people, right? And Well, yeah, fantasy people. Well, no, I mean, no, play play on people. Like, oh, like real the, people in yeah, real life. Yeah, psychology people. Right. Like, like, I think, yeah, we played it virtually right mm. and i i am interested to see how different it plays physically yeah because you, when you're playing virtually you can't kind of stare someone down quite as much or no. work out they've got more of a yeah. poker face yeah. i think um so maybe that will change it up a bit um so one of the things that i i found quite interesting cole recently did an interview where he argued in defense of bad game mechanisms and mm. saying it's just people not using them right so um he he argued for king making for example yes. right which is if you're not familiar with king making it's the idea that let's say you have a free player game uh and then uh there are two people winning and you know you're not going to yeah. win you're so not one of those two people you sort of push one of them towards the win more than the other yeah so it's not the person who achieved victory that should have achieved victory because they didn't achieve it via what they were doing. Yeah. They were they, they achieved it via sabotage of someone yeah. else, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and that can feel very unsatisfying in a game, right? Mm. But if you frame the game around that, then it suddenly starts to yeah. make sense, right? Because uh, because you have a campaign game, and because this kingdom involves. Uh, and for example, if a one of these uh, secret vision cards is the victory condition, yeah. then the next game you play, that is the main objective for yeah. the chancellor, right? So that changes all, all the locations that you ruled in oh, the previous game. Oh yeah, they'll game, change also. Uh, th but the ones you ruled, you you oh, you, they, they, be, they become as part of uh -huh, the kingdom, yeah. right? So this this these whole considerations that you need to think about, like n not only what am I doing in this game that's going to affect me and how do i win but how does this shape the landscape going yeah. forward and suddenly winning becomes not the most important thing because when you mm. realize i can't win yeah you start playing a different game <laughs> you start playing a game of like yeah. okay what damage can i cause how can i shape this to my advantage next time how can i be the most annoying yeah, for oh, someone else but but not necessarily annoying but that, that see that's king making but more like you know how how can I carve out? Well, that's that's yeah. kind of what I was doing though. Yeah. Like, but 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 
it, within that, like, and I agree with you, kingmaking is, it can be very, very annoying, mm. like in a Euro game yeah. or something. But in this, because it has that psychology behind it, mm. I just I just wanted to stop you from doing the thing. I, again, like you were saying, I know, you knew you couldn't win. I knew mm. I couldn't win at that point, but I knew I needed to stop you from from winning. And I didn't win. Paul won. Paul won in the it's, end, yeah. It wasn't that smart, you know? It wasn't that smart because... Yeah. He didn't buy into that psychology as much. He just played his game and... Yeah? Yeah, he didn't... <laughs> and he did the thing, right? He did and, the thing. But that was... But see, it was so much fun. That, that like, I, I normally dislike that in a yeah. game, but that was... It worked so well. Because it has impact on, on the rest of yeah, everything that's sure. going to happen, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. So instead of, instead of going to a person, why are you doing that? You're mm. just doing that out of spite. No, mm. there's, there's a reason. Like, yeah. I want to shape things the way... Yeah, I want to shape this kingdom. Yeah, so I, I found that to be very interesting. And if, if you sound very, if you've never heard of Ofen, you now sound, you now, you're now intrigued by what we're telling you. Be aware that explaining Oaf, uh, oh boy, which yeah. was done by Cole, <laughs> the, the man not only who designed the game himself, but has demoed it at a bunch of virtual conventions or maybe even in yeah. past conventions yeah. when conventions were a thing. Um, he's done this you know, hundreds of times, and it still took a while. And a lot of the concepts feel very alien, mm. very strange, and just totally, you're thrown in the deep end and you're trying to piece this thing together. And if you had to learn this from the rule book and play it with people who've never played it before, it might, it be, might be an experience. Mm. Uh, I think we'll, we'll definitely be coming back to yeah oh at some point yeah, in the future sure. when it's released uh, i'm very excited by yeah, me it too. very intrigued by me it. too it is the kind of game that feels like you know you've thrown a cereal box in the air and all the yeah. cornflakes have fallen down uh and you're trying to slowly piece them together but but eventually you get some sort of breakfast out of it yeah and you're like oh okay this is the this is my breakfast like it works it mm. it, it for me like i didn't understand up to like i don't know 50 minutes into the explanation and then i was like oh i get this yeah okay. i get this this has all come together now mm -hmm. i that came later for me actually than than it uh -huh. did for you and it took me a while because i was sort of like wrestling with a strategy and thinking mm -hmm. does this work mm -hmm. can i push it it didn't uh but but i found the experience nonetheless very enjoyable and I also have been very consciously trying to avoid comparisons to Root, which is Cole's sure. previous game. Yeah. Uh, but I will invoke one comparison right now, which is the victory point comparison, uh, which is that in Oath, there are no victory points. There are just victory conditions. And I feel that that is such a momentous change. One of my big problems with Root was the scope of the victory point, mm -hmm. right? Like... Let's say you're playing a game like Twilight Imperium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you only have 10 points, but every point was a hard-won battle yes. where something yes. happened, right? Some interaction with another player and, you know, I took that planet. There was, there's always conflict in victory points, right? And so the scope of the victory point tells the story. In Root, the scope of the victory point told the story of, like, um, well, I built this building, you know, or <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I killed this token. But you can't blame Root for that. That's, no. that's like hundreds of games. No, I know. Like, but in a conflict-driven game, right? Even so. I, I feel like that is slightly antithetical to the experience that he's trying to evoke. Oath doesn't have that. No. Oath is pure on how do I figure out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how I win and mm -hmm. how, how do I achieve this? Can I achieve this? If I can't achieve this, what else can I do, mm -hmm. right? And if you like that, you might want to look into this game. Yes. Plus the artwork... Oh, is this lush? Yeah, it's, it's proper lush. It's fantastic. So we, we gush about Kyle Ferrand's art yeah. a lot, but Oath was just another step because it went from, oh, hey, this is kooky and, you know, cute and also sometimes slightly sinister to just flat out weird. Uh -huh. And there's a giant with a knapsack with a pig in it, you know. It's, <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. It's that kind of stuff. And it's, it's something else. And it feels very evocative of the game. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a good place to finish. I think that's a good place. Out on games. Yeah. 
I would like to uh, do a very quick Elaine Ungrumps. Okay. Uh, just to say thank you ever so much, Millie and everyone at Virtual Expo for allowing us this time and inviting us on. And thank you to everybody who has watched us. And don't forget that you can, if you are watching live, uh, you can claim your expo special expo badge for watching a stream. Okay, I, I would... The I, link is in the chat. I don't know if we're allowed to do plugs, but uh, basically go check out our YouTube channel, uh, no pun included. Uh, also, we stream board games. We're not going to be streaming a board game next week, but we also stream Dungeons and Dragons. As long as, as, long as we're not plugging for the uh, chest hair removal. No, yeah, I think as that's fine. As long as it's only uh, us, yeah. I think that's fine. Uh, we stream uh, Dungeons and Dragons every Saturday at yes. 8 p.m., including this Saturday. Yes. If you're watching live, we'll be doing that tonight at 8 yeah. p.m. Yeah. Uh, not on the UK Games Expo channel, no. though, so we should no. we should clarify that. No. Uh, it's probably something really fun and exciting on the UK Games Expo channel. Do we have any uh, audience have any questions? questions before no, we, wrap we up don't the seem to have had any throughout the the podcast. So. Okay. Um, but thank you, everybody, for watching. I've had a lovely time. I hope you've had a lovely time. I mean, we have a couple of, we have like a couple of minutes, literally, mm -hmm. right? If anyone has a question, yes, mm -hmm. uh, you can ask it now yes. and we will answer it in the next three minutes <laughs> before we have, um, nobody. Oh, uh, good to see I didn't lose my voice like I did at Aircon. Thank you very much. That was weird. That, yeah. uh, like two days. Um, uh, a question about the campaign aspect of Oath. Right. Uh, it's not really a question. It's just stating the campaign aspect of both. Uh, yes, there is one. <laughs> uh, will we ever get another music show? Maybe. Maybe. Um, I, I will say that... I, oh, very quickly. So uh, our next video is not a video, is a video series. And if you enjoy Elaine's songs, there will be one of those in that video series. So... Look forward to that. Oh, did the campaign aspect come through in the one playthrough? Yes. Yes, uh, For it me, did. it did. I mean, okay, only in so much that we knew we weren't going to play a second game, but we were, like, thinking about... Because we were explained how the campaign system works and what we're supposed to expect, mm. we, um, we sort of reacted to that and played as if we were thinking about the next game. Yes. And in that regard, that did work. Yes. Um, what's our favourite type of cheese? <laughs> Uh, Revolution. Um, okay. Um, I think, oh, have we thought about uh, looking into Crayon Rail games? Uh, only in as much as that I'm aware that they exist. And as a board game reviewer, it's my job, so it piqued my interest. Uh, how is Bessie? She is good. She's sleeping just behind me. You can't see her, but yes. she is over uh, there. napping yeah. over there. Okay. I think that's it. I think that's it. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Enjoy the rest of Expo.